Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of the Selling Greenville podcast. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor right here in lovely Greenville, South Carolina. And as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes. If you want to call me, text me, or email me, if you know someone that needs a realtor, I'm the person to reach out to, and I would be more than happy to communicate with you about the show or about your real estate needs, whatever it may be. You can find my information in the show notes on whatever platform you're you're listening to this on. Um, and please give us a little bit of love on that platform. Rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Those help get the show out so that more people can learn about uh, the market here in Greenville in the upstate of South Carolina. That's what I'm passionate about. I want to get this information out there. Even if you never use me as your realtor, this is still helpful information. And as we all learn about the market, as we all educate ourselves about the market, the market gets better. It becomes a better place to buy and sell real estate. And so that's something uh, that I'm very passionate about, regardless of whether or not I ever do a real estate transaction with you, the listener. Today, uh, we are talking about your, your house, your home, your primary residence as a lifestyle. It is your lifestyle. And you might be wondering what in the world I'm talking about. Well, specifically, we have talked a few times in this podcast, and, and it's, it's a lot of the rage right now, that your primary residence is supposed to be a major investment. And of course, I believe that. I believe that you should, you should view your primary residence as an investment. I think that that's a good way of thinking about it. But we need to be careful. I think the hype has gone a little bit too far. Because for most of us, we don't, once we move into our house, we kind of stop thinking about it as an investment. We don't make the types of updates that would be efficient, per se. You know, we'll, we'll be updating things that don't need to be updated, that if we were truly thinking about our house as an investment, we wouldn't update those things. Um, we go overboard on some things that are just our own little pet peeves. You know, maybe you want that, you know, a really expensive filtration system or, you know, whatever it may be. Things that you wouldn't need if you were renting out your property or if you were flipping the property to try to sell it. We do a lot of things that are not good investment decisions with regard to our house, but those decisions contribute to our lifestyle. That's part of what I want to discuss today is thinking about your primary residence. Yes, it is an investment, but it's much, much more than that. It is honestly primarily your lifestyle. It impacts your lifestyle as much or more than anything um, in, in your life. Um, you could maybe argue that your job, your career impacts your lifestyle more. Obviously, you could you could talk about your family. Um, but your house is one of the major things that impacts your lifestyle. And when I talk to buyer clients, when I talk to them about, you know, what are you looking for in a house? What is it that, what are the criteria? What are, what are the things that you're wanting in a house? Why are you looking to move? What I hear people say over and over again is not that they are looking for something nicer, something newer, uh, something that has, you know, uh, prettier cosmetics, et cetera, et cetera. 
those will be things that are mentioned here and there, obviously. But overwhelmingly, what I hear from people is that they want a lifestyle change. They want to move somewhere where their entire lifestyle is going to be upgraded in some way where their dog is going to be able to run around in that yard and their kids are going to be able to have that playground and they're going to have the community pool and they're going to be able to have that rec room that they've always wanted. These are lifestyle changes. It's not just about getting more house. It's not just about, you know, having an extra bedroom. It's about actually taking your lifestyle from where it is now and improving it tangibly. And Getting a new house is one of the simplest ways that you can do that. Um, But you need to think about it from that standpoint. If you don't think about it from the standpoint of your lifestyle, you can get bogged down in, uh, in the weeds of some other things. You need to, to keep in the balance as well this whole idea of your primary residence as an investment. Don't completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. But it was very influential for me several years ago. Uh, Warren Buffett in his annual letter, which I assume that he still writes um, every year, he said in his annual letter that his house, and of course he has a massive, you know, massive house that he grew up in, um, but uh, or, or a massive house that he uh, that he raised his children in, I should say it that way. Um, he said that you know at the end of the day that wasn't really a great investment, but. For him personally, from a from a money standpoint, it was not a great investment. But for him personally and for his family, it was a great investment because of the memories that were made, how it impacted their lifestyle. Um, yeah, if it was strictly from a money standpoint, it would have made more sense for him to rent somewhere. He actually said that. Now, I don't know that that would necessarily be true in the Greenville market because renting here is disproportionately higher than having a mortgage uh, at most price points. There are price points where that can kind of flatten out a little bit. Uh, But from Warren Buffett's standpoint, he was like, yeah, actually, it would have made more sense for me to rent from a money standpoint, but he had no regrets. He felt like owning the house that he did impacted his lifestyle and impacted his family in a way beyond strictly the money part of it. There is more to life than just money. And I think that that is what we have to consider when we're looking at a primary residence is keeping all of those things in the balance. And at the end of the day, you're, most people are looking more for a lifestyle improvement than they are for the most uh, in- efficient investment tool. Because for most of us, that is not what our primary residence is going to be. If you want an efficient in- investment uh tool in real estate, go buy multifamily, a duplex, a quadruplex. Um, If you really insist on living in that investment, that's fine. You can live in the quadruplex. Most people don't want to do that. Most people want a little bit of room to spread out. Those are the options at your disposal. But I want you to think about your life and your lifestyle and think about how much the house impacts that. Here are just a few things that... um, that I wrote down that I've been thinking about this week. Where is the place that you spend the most amount of time? For most of us, especially now, right, during the coronavirus and all the quarantining, the place that you spend the most amount of your time is your house. 
So why the simplest way to improve your life is to improve the place where you spend the most amount of time. Make your house the house that you want to live in, that you want to spend 16, 20 hours a day, however much time you spend there. Get a house that, that you're enjoying all of that time. It's the simplest way to improve your life is to literally improve the house that you live in. And for some people, that means you got to move, right? For others, that means, you know what? Hey, maybe we need to finally uh, take down this wall and open up this room and and make these various improvements. Um, The house, particularly the location that the house is in, also has a major bearing on your time as well, just from the standpoint of how much time you spend in the car, right? None of us want to spend a lot of time in the car, I guess, unless you have like a really sweet, uh, you know, Lamborghini or something like that. But for the most part, we're trying to avoid, I, I know I am at least, I'm trying to avoid spending a ton of time in the car. I don't care to be in the car all day. I try to limit that much time as much as possible. Where your house is located directly impacts the amount of time you're spending in the car. If you're living out in the country and having to drive an hour, an hour and a half to work, um, or whatever the case may be, um, if you want to get control back of your life, of your time, a very simple way to do that is to move within 15 or 30 minutes. You're, you're now gaining yourself uh, 30 45 minutes, an hour, two hours a day. I mean, that's not a small amount of time, right? That's potentially uh, a 24th or a 12th of your day that you're losing just in the car that now you can get back and be doing something else. I mean, you could watch a whole Netflix show uh, during that time. You could watch a movie potentially during that time. You could have a meal during that time. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that can be done. You could be spending more time with your kids during that time that you're driving. Um, where your house is located directly impacts where, uh, how much time that you are spending in the car. And again, this is why I'm saying your house, it is your lifestyle. Everything that happens in your lifestyle in some way flows through your house. Think about it this way. Another one that a lot of people don't think about is that your house directly impacts your health. Um, the, uh, the simplest is that some neighborhoods have higher crime rates than others. Um, you're not healthy if, if you're dead, right? Uh, you're not healthy if you're, you know, getting shot or getting injured by, uh, by your neighbors or whatever the case may be. Um, now, as a realtor, I'm not allowed to look at health statistics and uh, sorry, not health statistics, crime statistics, things like that. I have to be very careful because I have to disclose anything like that that I know. Um, but for uh, for you as a consumer, as a buyer, as a seller, all that information is out there. There are registered sex offender uh, registries out there. Avail yourself of that information um, and and factor that in when it comes to uh, looking at an area you you want to to the, the the simplest way to stay healthy is to stay alive and to not have dangerous people around you. Um, but also it directly impacts your health where you live in other ways. For instance, some 
Uh, communities have exercising amenities, pools, uh, sidewalks, uh, the ability to maybe walk or ride a bike to work or to other major areas. Um, some uh, areas have better uh, water, better air quality, different things like that. All of these things affect your health. If you have high uh, radon levels where you currently are, that can be mitigated. Um, and you want to make sure that wherever you are that you don't have high radon that you're consuming because radon gives you lung cancer. You don't want lung cancer. That's bad. Um, and, and again, there are ways that you can that you can mitigate that. But you need to be thinking about, wow, okay, my house is, is more than a house. It directly impacts your health. And I'll tell you what, I moved to from a neighborhood that didn't have sidewalks to a neighborhood that does. My old neighborhood didn't have a pool. My new neighborhood does. I'm exercising a lot more. I used to be in a community that had an exercise, a fitness room. I would use that that fitness room pretty frequently. Um, so those things are are major things that we tend to not think about, that you might actually be healthier in one neighborhood than you would in another. Another thing your house determines is your relationships, like it or not. Um, we are, are in a neighborhood now where our children, they have developed friendships already with a lot of the kids, uh, a lot of the neighbors next door. And uh, so as a byproduct, we have developed relationships with their parents, with our neighbors, um, I'm on the HOA board. I've developed relationships with them. Your relationships are majorly impacted by where you live. And uh, we love it having, my, by we, I mean my wife and I, um, and also, of course, my kids. The neighborhood we came from didn't have a lot of people in the same season of life as us. You know, we're still a fairly young couple in our 30s, um, with a couple of kids, and um in, in our previous neighborhood, there were not, at least on our side of the neighborhood, there were not other people in that season of life. And so our kids didn't have any friends in the neighborhood. And that instantly changed. And that, that impacts a lot of things. I mean, uh, you know, now my wife and I, we can literally have the kids, you know, go to their friend's house. We have a little walkie-talkie that we can communicate with them on to make sure that they're safe. Uh, they can go to their friend's house and we're just kind of communicating with them a little bit uh, and and we're able to work on things over here or do whatever it is that we want to do at our house while they're having fun with their friends. Um, and so y- you tend to not think about that, but the relationship aspect of a house, um, that's not a small thing. That's actually a pretty major part of, of a house purchase and it's something that we we tend to quickly dismiss. But that is a direct impact on your lifestyle. Most of your children's memories will revolve in one way or another around the house that you live in. So, you know, a lot of us, we want to leave some kind of legacy for our children. The best legacy that you can leave them is good memories. And if most of those memories are going to be in and around the house that you live in, then the honestly the best legacy that you can give to your children, I think, is uh, a memorable, fun, uh, safe house 
and neighborhood. I, I think that that is one of the greatest legacies, if not the best legacy that you can leave for your kids, because that they will bring that with them for the rest of their life. Those memories will, will always be there. And that's something that um, a lot of people are, are again, it's, it's easy to dismiss that. It's easy to forget that. But we all, again, we all want to leave that legacy. But we tend to be thinking about it in terms of, you know, getting these little toys or, or in terms of, you know, having a good vacation or, or whatever. And yes, those are great things. But at the end of the day, where are they sleeping at night? Where, uh, what about, you know, their friends? What about the, the things that they can do in the house or in the yard? Those things directly impact them in ways that a, a week vacation simply won't. And where, ultimately, where you live is going to have a major, major impact on your children and on what they look back for the rest of their life when they look back on their childhood they're going to think about that house. They're going to think about that neighborhood. Um, and you need to, to remember that. You need to keep that in mind. Um, and, of course, the, sc- the school zone that you're in, if your children go to public school, I mean, the school choice, uh, honestly, a lot of people factor the school zone uh, into their decision-making, but I don't think that that's factored in enough. I mean, there is no impact uh, on children beyond the the parents and the family impact. There's no impact probably on them that's greater than the school. They spend the most amount of time there. They're, uh, you know, having to, to do all that work there. They're having to, to do all that learning there. Those schools directly shape your children, honestly, in ways that make a lot of us uncomfortable. And, you know, that's why for a lot of people, homeschooling uh, has gained in popularity. Um, But the school that your house is owned for, if you are sending your children to a public school, that has to be that has to be in the top three for you in terms of criteria, because that is such a major impact on them. Um. And I would say as well, uh, another factor here in how your house is your lifestyle, think about how you spend your time. One of the things about home ownership that, you know, we always talk about the joys of, of home ownership uh, is kind of a, a, a sarcastic cliche that's thrown around. The joys of home ownership uh, tend to be not very joyous, right? Doing a lot of yard work, mowing the lawn. Uh, you know, cutting down trees, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those things are not things that we necessarily want to spend a lot of time doing. The type of home that you pick does determine that. The house that you live in does determine that. Some houses require a ton more lawn maintenance than others. Some houses require a ton more maintenance in general than others. Those are very important considerations because how you spend your time, you don't want to be spending more time doing something that you don't enjoy than you have to. For some, for some people, yard work is enjoyable. Some people love gardening and all that. I'm not that type. I do not enjoy gardening. I do not enjoy yard work. I want to minimize that as much as possible. I have a small yard right now, and I am thrilled with that. 
I love having a small yard. It is awesome. Um, so you need to factor that in. That is a, your time is an extremely valuable asset, but we tend to not think about it as, as valuable of an asset as we should. You don't want to be wasting it doing a bunch of things that you don't want to do in the car or in the yard uh, or, you know, fixing plumbing problems, doing all these different things. Again, some people find those things enjoyable, and that's great. Um, But a lot of us don't. And so that's something that needs to be factored in when you're thinking about the house. It's not just a numbers game. There are so many things that the house will directly impact your lifestyle on, and that needs to be a primary consideration, and I would argue that it needs to be the primary consideration. You can either improve your lifestyle, keep it where it is, or actually fall back, go backwards in some way in your lifestyles, and and it's an opportunity to improve potentially on multiple levels. Um, now, if you find that you're looking at houses and you're and you don't believe that you're improving your lifestyle, maybe you need to take a step back and and maybe it's not the right time to move. Maybe uh, maybe those improvements aren't worth what you're going to have to give up. Those are some very real considerations that need to be thought about. Uh, but ultimately, if you can tangibly improve your lifestyle, I think you should. And that's what I am trying to do as a realtor. I'm trying not to just help people to buy houses, but help people to actually upgrade their lifestyle. That's what I see my mission. So I think this brings some things into focus, right? What if I came to you and I said, hey, listen, I can give your children better memories, and better experiences in their childhood. I can give you more time. I can give you back five hours a week that you wouldn't normally have. I can make your life more enjoyable and give you more memories with your children. How much would you pay for that if I could literally sell you all of those things? Honestly, if there is a way that I could could do that, I could sell probably a lot of money's worth of that product. Well, the good news is that that product does exist and it's called a house. And I'm not trying to get too salesy with you. Those that of you that really know me know that I'm not a super salesy guy when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm not pushy, but I really believe that. I really believe that a house is an opportunity for you to upgrade your lifestyle into something better, into something that gives you back more control of of parts of your life. And uh, sometimes you have to spend a little bit more money, honestly, than you might be comfortable with in order to do that. How much money is too much to improve your lifestyle? That's a question that needs to be asked. And a lot of people, I'm a very analytical guy myself, a lot of people crunch numbers, and obviously you have to stay within your budget, but sometimes people come up with artificial numbers, like I just don't feel comfortable spending this much more. Um, 
per month than what I'm currently spending or whatever it may be. Some people just don't like to be in debt. But if you can afford it, you can afford to have a better life. You can afford for your family to have a better life. Why not do it? What is what is it that's holding you back? If you would pay for that product that would give you more time, that would give your children more memories, that would do all of those things that I just described, why not actually get the one thing that we know can do that, which is uh, possibly, for, for some people, a different house. And, and for some people, that might be downsizing. That might be going to a cheaper house. You know, you might have way too much house, way too much maintenance, and you need to downsize and go to a cheaper house. I am all about that. That is a, um, a more popular thing to do now than it was a few years ago, and I think that that's a great shift in the market. People are starting to realize that just having a massive house or a massive yard, that's not necessarily the best thing for everyone. Some, some of you and some of us need to downsize need less house, need less headache. Um, And that can be an an important life-changing decision as well. Your house is your lifestyle. So make sure that it fits your lifestyle, uh, or at least the lifestyle that you are hoping to have. I think as well, um, we can uh, downplay sometimes when we're talking about the finances of a house. We can downplay the downsides of a house of a house in an effort to save money, but end up doing the opposite of what we're trying to do. So what I mean by that is, let's say that house comes onto the market. It's really it's a great deal. Um, it's it's a lot cheaper than what you can afford, and you're just head over heels like, man, I never thought that a house this price would come on the market, and. Um, and you go in there and you look at it and yeah, it needs a ton of work and this is going to be a project house and, uh, and it's going to be the kind of thing where it's going to take you years to get everything done that needs to be done to make that house the home that you want it to be. Um, you need to be thinking about it this way, right? Maybe that home costs $180,000. You need to factor in the cost of time as well. Right, a lot of people they'll just be like, "Well, it's one hundred eighty thousand, and then it's going to take twenty thousand dollars to, over the course of several years, to do all these improvements." So, you know, I'm basically buying a two hundred thousand dollar house. But how have you negatively impacted your lifestyle? How much time are you going to spend doing those improvements? How many years are you going to spend without those improvements that you're going to wish that you had those improvements? So. You can have a negative impact on your lifestyle by overlooking things about a house in an effort to get the house as cheaply as possible. But you are you need to factor in the cost of time, the cost of time to up update a house, the cost of time, you know, again, maybe you're you're moving a little bit further away than you'd like to in an effort to just shave a few dollars off your mortgage payment. But you're gonna have to pay more gas which is going to put more wear and tear on your car, which is going to have more uh, car bills, you know, different repair bills and, and whatnot for your car. And then you're going to spend more time. So you're, you're the only resource that you can't buy in your life is time. Well, at least that, that's one of the major resources that you can't buy in your life. Sorry, I was getting on a roll there. 
Um, and, I, and I might have spoken a little uh, a little more than I should have. Uh, but time is a resource you can't buy. You cannot buy that back. So don't, in an effort to save, you know, $40 a month on your mortgage, don't move somewhere you don't want to move and where you know that you're going to be having to drive an extra uh, 45 minutes per day round trip. That is not worth it. That's not worth it. That's, you know, uh 200 something hours a week to what 225 hours a week um that adds up that that time adds up and that's time that you will never be able to buy back um and it may just be worth it to fork up the extra whatever 40 hours a month or it might be more um but it might be worth it to just give up that money in order to make sure that that you have the lifestyle that you that you truly want. And I'm not saying that the lifestyle, you know, that we all should be striving for, you know, this lifestyle of luxury. I'm just saying for whatever your lifestyle goals are that are within your budget, don't be skimpy when it comes to things like time, like your children's memories, like their school, all these different things. And and one last thing I'll mention, uh, and then I'll kind of wrap this up. I, I've mentioned a lot of the big things, a lot of the big lifestyle things, but some of the simplest lifestyle things that bring the most joy, or some of the, I should say it this way, some of the simplest things about a house that bring us the most joy have the most impact. That's still kind of a weird way of saying it. Sometimes the most impact comes from the simplest things. Let me say it that way. And uh, so, for instance, at my current house, one of the things that makes me so, so happy is that I have a natural gas line for my grill. I don't have to have a, I don't have to ever think about refilling propane tanks on my grill or, or running out of propane or anything like that. I have a hardwired natural gas line that was already there when we bought the house. That brings me I don't know why. It just does. It brings me so much joy just knowing that I don't have to be looking at the propane levels or any of that or worried that I'm going to run out or having one in storage, making sure that, you know, the car doesn't hit it. Um, that is such a simple thing, but such a major thing. Um, I, I didn't realize how much of an impact having sidewalks in my neighborhood would have. I really enjoy having sidewalks. I like taking a walk around the neighborhood, you know, I'll listen to podcasts or talk on the phone. Um, that's a very simple thing that I, I honestly didn't think would have that big of an impact, and it really has. It has had a, a major impact going from a neighborhood with no sidewalks to one with sidewalks. Um, another one that comes to mind is, is, so my house backs up to HOA property, which goes into woods, and there's a little creek back there and whatnot, and my kids love going back there. My family, we, we enjoy going back there, having those woods back there. We have some wildlife that comes out, either a beaver. probably a, It's probably a woodchuck, but it, it looks like either a woodchuck or a beaver or something like that. They come out back there, bunnies. We have bunnies in our yard. Um, and just that kind of stuff is really small, but those small things sometimes bring, uh, bring the most joy. And I think another... Uh, another thing that I think is is very much worth considering, and and this is obviously 
is something that can change, but don't downplay the significance of being around people in a similar stage of life as you. And I've already kind of mentioned this, but it's made a big difference uh, for, for me and for my wife that we are around other people, other families that are in a similar stage, similar season of life as us. And again, in the past, I would have downplayed that. I think that there is more to that uh, than I originally thought. And that is ultimately, that again, it directly impacts your lifestyle. Those are people that you might be having over at your house. Those are people that you'll be forming relationships with. Once you see your house as your lifestyle and how your lifestyle flows through your house in so many different ways, again, let that inform that your house isn't just an investment in terms of a, of a financial investment. Your house is a lifestyle investment as well. It directly impacts what you do every single day. And so make sure that as you're considering moving, as you're thinking about you know what your budget should be, factor that in as well. That needs to be a major part of the conversation. That needs to be a major consideration. You don't want to spend more than what you can afford, but you also don't want to attempt to save money unnecessarily at the expense of your lifestyle. Um, I'm not a financial advisor, but I help clients still at, to the extent that I can walk through this. Um, and, and there are some uh, financial people that I can recommend uh, as well if you want to involve those types of, of professionals. Um, but I just want people to, to open up their mind more that there is a lot to consider when you're buying a house. And it's not just a numbers thing. It's not just money. It's also your entire lifestyle that's impacted. Um, you have any questions about that, please let me know. I'd be happy to answer any of that. Again, all my contact information is in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe, do all those good things. Hope to hear from you guys soon. And uh, pretty soon here, we will be having a uh, July 4th holiday. So I apologize for anyone that is already hearing the fireworks. That's kind of ridiculous that people are already shooting those off. But regardless, put the earplugs in at night to get a good night's sleep if you're in one of those neighborhoods. And uh, until next time, hope you guys stay safe and let's buy and sell some houses together. <laughs>